to Capital Rivers Connect, California edition, a podcast that explores how communities in the Golden State are investing in growing their local economy to enhance the prosperity and quality of life for their residents and business owners. Through interviews with economic development leaders, entrepreneurs, and stakeholders, we showcase the innovative initiatives and success stories driving economic growth and revitalization in California. Join us on this journey to discover the people and places shaping the economic future of our great state. In this episode, CEO Greg Aguirre recaps the past year and offers an optimistic yet realistic forecast for the commercial real estate market in the year ahead, with specific focus on a variety of sectors. Hey, Greg, thanks for joining us. Let's start off by talking about the year ahead here and the year behind us. Obviously, there are some challenges in the market right now. Why don't you give us an overview? Yeah, sure. I think it's uh, no secret that 2023 was a challenging year for everyone in commercial real estate. Here at Capital Rivers, we certainly felt it. I would say it was uh, it was our most challenging year in the last nine years. Our deal flow you know, certainly slowed down on the brokerage side. I wouldn't say that deals necessarily died. You know, a lot of them just kind of got pushed out. And so for 2024, at least on the brokerage side, you know, the pipeline looks pretty strong. Obviously, in 2023, we also had interest rates going up, banking crises occurring, cap rates as a result were going up, construction costs were going up. You know, so we had all of those uh, kind of headwinds to deal with. And uh, we had a project that we were going through and getting entitlements and permits and trying to put the capital stack together to, to break ground. And, you know, the timing was certainly not ideal, although, you know, we were able to kind of get creative and work through some of those challenges, restructure some of the leases and finally uh, put it all together. But um, I think everyone kind of struggled last year for sure. However... You know, I would say 2024, you know, personally, I'm pretty optimistic. I know there's other folks out there that that may not agree with me that uh, still think that we've got tough times ahead of us. And I don't think it's going to be easy. It's not going to be like it was, you know, two, three, four, five years ago. But I do think that there's still a lot of capital sitting on the sidelines. I think that the news that hopefully rates will start coming down towards the end of 2024, you know, starting kind of the uh, second half of this year, that'll certainly help bring people kind of back into the investment market. There's some pent up demand with folks just kind of sitting on the sideline looking for opportunities and they just haven't seen those opportunities yet. So overall, I'm pretty optimistic about the year to come. So back to uh, 2023, before we talk more 2024, you know, it's always a challenge in real estate when there are those transition periods, whether they're six months, 12 months, 18 months, whatever they may be. I guess the good news is it happened quickly, right? I mean, rates went up almost overnight and there was that shock, I think, in the market, right? Where, you know, how much higher are they going to go? When do they stabilize? What are cap rates going to do? And so there's always kind of that, you know, settling out period of, okay, now we've adjusted, right? And it sounds like that's pretty much what happened in 2023. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think if you were kind of paying attention, you could sense that there was something coming. You know, there was uh, 
deals were getting tougher. The pencil, you know, you saw construction costs going up, but it was really when the interest rates started to go up that you really felt the the pressure. And that's when things really kind of shifted. And that happened, you know, relatively quickly. And, uh, you know, obviously we all know kind of the fallout from that, but um, disruption is a good thing. It needs to happen sometimes. The market was overheated just as from a developer standpoint, you know, I saw other developers doing some pretty crazy things, you know, coming in, you know, developers from out of state that didn't really know the area, you know, just closing on land without entitlements and permits. And because at the time, everything was moving in the right direction. So if you just kind of assumed that that was going to continue to happen, you wouldn't get burned because uh, you'd still make money. But the reality is it it never works that way. Markets go in cycles. And um, going back, kind of looking at my overall career over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, when you start seeing weird things, you know, people taking huge risks, closing on properties, paying big numbers without having entitlements or permits or tenants in tow, doing more speculative type stuff. Inevitably, it's kind of a sign that that the market's probably a little too hot. Something needs to happen to adjust it and bring it back to reality. And so as painful as last year was, I think it was actually really good for the industry overall, particularly for us here at Capital Rivers. It was... Uh, we luckily kind of stuck by our fundamentals and didn't do anything too crazy in terms of taking risk that put us in a bad spot. And it really allowed us to look at our processes and procedures, refine them further and kind of set ourselves up for a strong year in 2024 and beyond. And so selfishly, I think it was actually kind of a good thing. Yeah, I agree. You know, having been in and around the real estate industry for 24 years now, either involved on the lending side, the brokerage side, the media side, the marketing side, whatever it may be, whatever hat I happen to be wearing, you know, this is what I call a professional's market, right? And I use that a lot more on the residential side, but it truly applies to commercial now as well, because, you know, professionals are going to get deals done. They're going to still be busy. I know every time I talk to you, you're very busy, right? So um, it truly is a professional's market now. And a lot of the crazy stuff, you know, has (laughs) obviously is not happening now. And I think, you know, hearing you say optimism for 2024, here we are flying through Q1, right? There are a lot of great deals out there. I know you're working on, and obviously there's at least we know now that interest rates are kind of where they're at, probably not going higher and hopefully coming down a little bit second half of the year. So I think that feeds that optimism, right? Yeah. I mean, the market needs stability, right? I mean, nobody can predict the future, but the more stability in the market, the more that investors and lenders and you know everyone that's in the market can kind of predict what's going to happen in the next 12, 24 months without some crazy amount of volatility, then people are going to step back in. Investors are going to start to buy assets. Lenders are going to start to lend. Capital is going to start to flow again. And that's really what we need. The good thing is that, uh, you know, we're kind of going back to fundamentals. So as you mentioned, you know, this is a professional's market. I'm a big believer that you go back to the basics, the fundamentals. And, you know, what that means to me is taking the right steps to mitigate risk 
and being okay with hitting singles and doubles. And you could get really lucky if you timed the market appropriately and you took a big risk, you can also get a big reward. However, it's kind of like the stock market. If you time it bad, it can go bad really fast. Whereas if you invest in like ETFs or something like that, you're not going to get burned because you're investing in the market as a whole. It kind of same thing on real estate investment is stick with the fundamentals. Some of the best deals that you can do are the ones that you pass on, you know, the ones that you don't don't do. You don't have to do every deal. Yep. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. For us on the development side, it was we never close escrow unless we have our entitlements. And in majority of cases, I'd say 95% of cases, building permits in hand and, you know, national or strong regional credit tenants in tow. You know, we had to walk away from a lot of deals over the last few years because sellers wouldn't give us that time. Or somebody would come in and they would, you know, just pay some crazy price for the land and end up doing the deal. And it kind of stunk because you'd see, you know, that developer would get a big win because they timed it right. However, a lot of those developers now are sitting there with these deals that they did where they closed on the land. And Starbucks is a great example where there's a ton of inventory out there. And they could have built that Starbucks. Maybe they had a point, point and a half spread on their deal. And now cap rates are significantly higher. They've got interest carry on their construction loan. They can't get out of the deal. And so now they're building it in hopes to break even, or in some cases, they're going to take a loss on it. That's a really tough spot to be in. What I'm trying to get at is for those folks that kind of stuck with the uh, safer way of developing or growing, they're not as in tough of a spot right now and can take advantage of you know, some of the opportunities that might be coming about or that are already coming about this year. And I think we're going to start to see more towards the tail end of this year. Yeah, no question. And let's jump right into uh, specific sectors. And I've got to start with retail because, you know, we've heard for years that retail is dead. And I mean, you and I both have families. I I know that's not true because (laughs) my girls love going to lifestyle centers and malls. And, you know, yeah, we still have stuff shipped via Amazon or whatever. But man, there's just something about going out to a lifestyle center and having dinner. And even if you're window shopping, whatever you may be doing. So I guess you got to qualify that statement that retail is not dead. It just transforms, right? It becomes uh, For sure. it becomes what it needs to be, right? I mean, I remember, I don't remember how this was years ago when um, you know the malls were starting to die and there was all these articles. Toys R Us was going out of business and Sears, you know, was going out of business and there was all these articles, you know, retail Armageddon and, you know, the sky's falling and and all of that. I never believed any of that because uh, I go back to, you know, human nature and, you know, people are social animals. They want to get out. They want to go do things. And oftentimes that means they're going to shopping centers, they're going to restaurants and meeting up with friends. And it's been true. I mean, the A plus malls are incredibly busy right now. The lifestyle centers are doing very well. The class A retail centers have the lowest vacancy rates they've had in a very long time. I mean, here in Sacramento, you know, vacancy rates are sub 5%. And as a result, rental rates are not declining. So retail is still strong, will continue to be strong. I don't see that changing. 
there's always vacancy when you're talking about class C centers or these uh, strip mall unanchored centers. That's just kind of the way that it is uh, and it'll always be. But overall, you know, retail, I think, is going to perform really well in 2024. On the investment side, you know, the net lease investment side, there's certainly been some challenges as interest rates have gone up and some of the capital has been kind of sitting on the sidelines and those investors, you know, aren't quite ready to pull the trigger and and go buy some net lease assets, which has, you know, resulted in cap rates going up. However, there's still, you know, all cash buyers, there's still people in exchanges looking for those retail investments. It, It just then goes back to fundamentals. People are chasing yields. So, you know, if it's a good triple net lease, might have been a, I don't know, let's just say caliber, for example, might have been a five cap a year ago, and now it's a six. There's probably a point, point and a half increase in cap rates, generally speaking, over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. And it'll probably, they'll probably continue to go up another 25 to 50 basis points, depending on the asset type. But people are still buying quality net lease retail assets. The ones that are struggling a little bit more is where there's just a lot of inventory. Starbucks, for example, there's so much inventory on the market right now that buyers can be a lot more selective. So they're looking at, I want the longest term I can get in the best market I can get with the highest cap rate. And so if you don't have that, the only thing you can change is the cap rate. So you're going to have to increase your cap rate, take a lower price for your asset. But things are still trading and it's still a good market. And in fact, there was a recent survey done. I think it was in Western Real Estate Magazine. They did a survey on what sectors people think in commercial real estate are going to grow the most over the next 12 months. And, uh, you know, retail came in second place. You know, 38% of those that were surveyed thought that retail would perform the best in the next 12 months. Industrial was the first, followed by multifamily. You know, I've always been a big believer in retail. A lot of our business is in the retail sector and I don't see that changing. That's good to hear. And you mentioned industrial. That was my next question is what are we seeing there? Yeah. Industrial still has strong fundamentals. You know, there's still businesses that need industrial space. Some of the supply chain stuff that we saw over the last few years has kind of caused a little bit of a disruption. You know, there was a lot of materials and things being stored and we've kind of gotten through some of that. And so there's not quite as much demand as maybe there used to be in 2023. Construction deliveries also kind of tapered off mid-year. And so there's not as much inventory of new industrial on the market, but still a ton of demand. Biotech is on a big expansion. So here in Sacramento, there's uh, a number of biotech groups that are have the funding and they're looking for space. Vacaville's got a big biotech area. So, so that's going to kind of continue to fuel demand for new industrial space. So overall, the industrial market is going to continue to perform well. Rental rates, I think, are going to kind of hold flat. I don't see them going up. I also don't see them decreasing. I think they'll just kind of remain where they're at which is actually a good thing. It's, you know, stable. Obviously, there's going to be some outliers if you've got kind of a unique manufacturing facility that might not be in as much demand as a smaller, you know, 50,000 square foot industrial space. There's always going to be some outliers, but 
businesses still need space. And uh, I think it's going to be overall good for the industrial market in 2024. You had touched on multifamily too, and it's interesting. Some of the so-called experts out there were warning that uh, we might be overbuilt with multifamily, but then you see what's happening or what's not happening on the residential real estate side where there's literally no inventory. And, you know, you're the expert, but you tell me, I mean, there's got to be a huge opportunity in multifamily right now. The fact that there's no single family or hardly any being built, and there's zero, almost zero inventory there, not to mention the fact that mortgage interest rates are in the low sevens now on a 30-year fix. So, I mean, I got to feel like a lot of people are going to continue to rent, right? Yeah. You know, multifamily is super interesting because part of it kind of depends on the market. In terms of new construction, there's a lot of inventory that's uh, either currently under construction. I think there's, uh, according to like a CBRE report, I read that there's like more than 900,000 units currently under construction. You know, an overall vacancy rate's expected to rise a little bit, rental growth to decrease. But if you look at, you know, the last few years, it's been kind of overheated, you know, I mean, rental rates for an apartment unit were insane. They were in a lot of cases at or greater than, you know, what a mortgage would be to rent. So the apartment market has certainly softened, especially as cap rates have gone up. Cost of capital has affected that, you know, that's pushed down, you know, valuations of assets. Another big thing is cost of insurance. If you look at California and Florida, two prime examples, you know, obviously we're located here in California. It's become incredibly difficult to get uh, insurance, not only for your single family home, but also, you know, multifamily and, and all commercial assets. Insurance has gone up, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20%. And so, you know, that's going to impact the cash flow of the asset and the value of that asset as well. Just personally, even my primary residence, you know, we had Kemper Insurance and they pulled out of California completely. And, you know, now going to a new carrier, our insurance premium doubled. And, um, you know, on a lot of our commercial assets, we're seeing something similar. You know, it's we're putting an extra 20%, in some cases, more than 20% in our budgets for commercial building coverage and general liability insurance. And so on the apartment side, you know, that's going to translate into a need to increase rents to cover that additional insurance cost, you know, but rents have gone up so much that you can't really push rents too much more. So it's going to result in a uh, lower NOI, which is going to result in asset values, you know, being compressed a little bit, but um, multifamily people need a place to live. That's never going to change. We don't have enough housing, generally speaking, uh, across the U S and particularly in the coastal States. And so it's always going to be in demand. It's, uh, you know, it's people need a place to live. It's the fundamentals, right? You know, they need shelter and food. (laughs) So, (laughs) yep. I think it's now it's, it's just a matter of finding the good opportunities, right? You're not going to get these, uh, you know, high returns in, you know, exits that we had a couple of years ago, you know, now it's looking for more long-term investments that you can hold and, you know, get your, uh, what would be considered a fair ROI and cash on cash return and that are good, stable investments. Yeah. So again, kind of going back to the fundamentals. Yeah. How about hotels? You know, it's one thing that's been nice. I know you travel a fair amount. So do I. 
is we've seen so much, so many new properties come online the last three, four years. A lot of nice, you know, hotels out there now. What's going on in that sector? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting one. They're certainly facing some headwinds. The number of hotels I've seen under construction and, and open in the last few years has been kind of crazy. Yeah. But from talking with some hotel developers just recently, you know, they're having a really tough time getting financing and making their deals pencil. I think part of that too is coming from, you know, obviously cost of capital has gone up, cap rates have gone up, but there's also been a lot of pressure from, and this isn't something new, but it just continues to become an issue is, you know, short-term rentals and other, you know, obviously inventory has increased. So there's a lot more competition, consumer spending when that starts to decrease that, you know, people aren't traveling as much or they're not spending as much on um, hospitality. You know, so that's going to have an impact. And, uh, you know, so I think we're just going to see very slow growth in the hotel sector. You know, there's always going to be demand in certain areas. There's always going to be projects that make sense, but it's just going to be a lot more select. You know, I think you know, a couple of years ago, you'd see three or four hotel projects all planned right next to each other and they were all going up at the same time. And we're not going to see that anymore. I think urban hotels are probably going to do a little bit better then, you know, some of these hotels that, that were built or were planned to be built in kind of some more rural areas that had less of a dense population or didn't have some immediate draw, like a convention center, that sort of thing. You know, so again, kind of being a little bit more selective over the location. Hotels got some challenges ahead, but uh, I think for well-placed kind of urban hotel projects, you know, I think they're still going to see some growth. You know, I think uh, it was a CBRE report at I think said, you know, roughly 4% kind of growth in the hotel sector. So not great, but not terrible either. Well, it's good to hear optimism for the year ahead. And, you know, we've all made that adjustment here. So let's get some deals done, right? Yeah, I agree. Like you mentioned, we're incredibly busy looking for a kind of value add, which, you know, a lot of people throw that out there and everyone's kind of looking for that. But, uh, you know, we're specifically, not to say we wouldn't do ground up, development right now because we would but again sticking with our fundamentals you know it's got to be credit tenant you know the economics have to work we're going to have a good size contingency in our budget but we've really just been focusing on industrial buildings that we could do the tenant build out on and convert rehab reutilization of the space you know we've got a project that uh, we're under construction on in elk grove that you know we started last year and, um, you know, that's in the uh, in, um, kind of the senior care side. So it's an adult uh, daycare facility. That's not going away. People still, you know, are continuing to get older and there's a need to take care of that population. And then we're building a dialysis facility. That's not going away, even though, you know, there's been talk of uh, Ozempic and things like that, you know, disrupting that industry. But the reality is, you know, those types of things just they're always going to be needed. And so focusing again on the fundamentals, just do the economics work. Do you have a good contingency, you know, in your deal? Are the tenants solid? Do you have your entitlements? Do you have your permits? And then the challenge is going to continue to be finding the capital, putting the capital stack together, going and getting the debt equity because, you know, lenders are still kind of sitting on the sidelines. They're requiring a lot more equity in deals or, you know, they're just flat out not lending on certain product types. So that's certainly going to be the challenge, I think, for 2024 is having the right lenders and putting the capital stack together and the right equity partners and that sort of thing. And, you know, that kind of goes, again, 
full circle back to having a good project that fundamentally makes sense and having a good track record. You know, I think that's going to be really important, more so than it has in the past. Have you filed bankruptcy? Have you had projects that have failed? You know, they're, they're going to dig a lot more into your your history as a developer and an investor, you know, from a lender standpoint and on the equity side as well, if you're looking to bring in equity partners. So the moral of the story is it's going to be a good year. There's going to be opportunity, but it's kind of back to the basics, you know, focusing on fundamentals. No question. Well, great catching up with you, Greg. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate your insight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for downloading Capital Rivers Connect, California edition. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit CapitalRivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest real estate opportunities.